Well, it's great to see all of you this morning, and uh, do me a favor and just give those that are watching us right now live online and Facebook Live a shout out. Thank them for being a part of our worship experience this morning. We really appreciate, no matter where you are, that you have chosen to connect with us and be a part of what God is doing physically here. And I pray that today's message will continue to be a, a source of help and encouragement to you. Last week, we kicked off a brand new series that we're calling The Family Shift, and Personally, I was uh, just so encouraged. I was just kind of scanning through uh, people's Instagram and Facebook posts, and a lot of families had actually taken the time this week to sit down and actually physically write out a family mission and vision statement. It was so encouraging to see families taking that step. And if you haven't done that, I encourage you, even go to our website. You can simply go to our website and click on the Family Shift page, and there's a download uh, that it's a little PDF we just want to give to you. You can print that out and use that as really just a, a framework, a guide, if you will, to kind of walk you through uh, some, some specific questions you can ask yourself, maybe you as a, as a husband or wife, or um, you know, maybe just with your whole family, walk through some of those things. It'll be a great exercise for you. I don't think there's anything more powerful than when a family can get together, when a when a uh, married couple can get together, when a single can just re really just do some heartfelt reflection about what their mission and their vision truly is. And when you can get everybody in alignment with that, it's incredible what God can and will do. And so with that said, we're making the shift. And really what I'm referring to when I'm talking about a shift, I'm really talking about making the shift from really from surviving to ultimately thriving in all aspects of our lives. I think too many people are just trying to hang on for dear life and just try to survive through the challenges and the setbacks or even just the, you know, the temptations or pressures that so many people seemingly um, deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. But, you know, we have to have a sense of direction. We have to have ultimately God's hand and His help in our lives to be active in every area of our lives in order for us to survive as well as to thrive. And so with that said, every family ends up somewhere, but few families end up somewhere on purpose. And so today, I want to talk to you about the second uh, really core essential, if you will, when it comes to making the family shift. Last week, we talked about um, really the importance of, of, uh, of really defining, if you will, or um, starting with the end in mind, but it's ultimately defining your core mission and your vision. Today, I want to talk to you about holding to core values and the reason why that is so important. Uh, not too long ago, Michelle and I were actually driving uh, down the road and we were actually in a different vehicle at the time and uh, we no longer have that car, but we were driving down uh, the road and all of a sudden, uh, just just out of the blue, my, uh, my, my dashboard started kind of, you know, like wigging out on me with lights and then all of a sudden my steering wheel locked up. And so Michelle, all of a sudden, she's like screaming at me like, Rodney, do something. And I couldn't do anything. I was just clenched to the steering wheel, and I was trying to do everything I could physically to keep the car from swerving into the next lane because there were cars in the next lane that were coming. And so it scared not only her to death, scared me to death because she scared me so much. You know, she was screaming. But all I could do was hang on. And you know, it's crazy when you think about the world in which we live you know, where there's so many things that seemingly come against us. And that's the reason why I think now more than ever, families need to hang on to core values like never before. And the reason why it's so important for really for individuals, for couples, for families to hang on to what I refer to, to really as core values 
is simply because if we don't, then unfortunately we will not have the hope, we won't have the protection that we need when it comes to withstanding the challenges and the pressures of our current culture and society today that is doing everything it can to challenge your beliefs, to challenge your decisions, and ultimately dictate your behavior. And if you don't believe that, then I want to prove it to you. I want everybody to stand back to your feet for just a moment. Everybody stand to your feet, and I want everybody just to close your eyes for just a moment. Nobody peeking, nobody looking around. So here's what I want you to do as everybody's standing and uh, you have your eyes closed. I want you to turn your physical body in the direction that you feel is directing your body north. So just take a second, just, you know, just, just turn your body physically in the direction that you feel is pointing north. Interesting. I want you to open up your eyes and look at all the different directions people happen to be standing. Now, without moving, without moving your body, I want everybody, well, if you can't, if you have to move your body, if you're, if, you're, if you're opposite of me, you may want to turn around. But let me just quickly just help you understand where the true north is. It is that way. It's that way, all right? So if you happen to have missed the mark, okay, you thought, you thought north was that way or maybe this way, again, true north is that way. Now, you can be seated, and uh, some of you probably will get home, and somebody will ask you, what did y'all learn at church today? We learned how to use a compass. The reason why that's so important is because, once again, we live in a culture today that will challenge your beliefs. We live in a world today that basically will tell you, if you personally feel that that way is north and it feels right to you, then it must be right. Because at the end of the day, it's ultimately your choice to determine what's right and what's wrong as an individual. It's called moral relativism. And that's the world, that's the society, it's the culture that has become the norm. But I'm here to tell you, normal, from a world's perspective, is not working. And what's interesting in the Bible, when Israel had no king, you know what the Bible says? The Bible says in Judges chapter 17, verse 6, in those days when there was no king, people did whatever they felt like doing. And no wonder the wheels have come off in our society, in our culture today, spiritually, morally, and every other aspect. And the reason why is because for a lot of people, they no longer have an absolute truth. They no longer have moral values that they're hanging on to that they truly serve as convictions or beliefs deep within their heart. And so today, why, why this subject is really so important, why I'm so passionate about it, is because I see so many families, unfortunately, who put so much time and so much focus and so much energy into so many other things, and those things are all well, good, and important. But if we lose the moral and the spiritual foundation of our lives and in our marriages and in our family relationships, and everything else will ultimately crumble and fall. And so it's so important that we realize at the end of the day, listen, we serve a God who's a God of order and not disorder. And so what God wants us to do is he wants us to ultimately look to him. He wants us to see him as our true north. He wants us to see him as our absolute truth. 
Why? Because he loves us. Because he wants nothing but his very best for us. Listen, God created you and he created me. The deepest heart, the deepest desire of God's heart is to have a relationship with you. And so why in the world would he do things that would hurt us? No, he's put guidelines. He's put guardrails. He's put biblical principles. He's given us truth. Why? So that we can live our lives by that truth. So we can live our lives by those principles that he has placed there for a purpose, once again, to help us, not to hurt us. And so with that said, I think it's important that we understand why we must hold to core values. And here's the reason why. Because our beliefs determines our behavior. Our beliefs determines our behavior. You know, David in Psalm 15 said it like this. Lord, who can dwell in your sacred tent? Who may live on your holy mountain? The one whose walk is blameless, who does what is righteous, who speaks the truth from, his, from their heart, whose tongue utters no slander, who does no wrong to a neighbor and casts no slur on others, who despises a vile person but honors those who fear the Lord, who keeps an oath even when it hurts and does not change their mind, who lends money to the poor without interest, who does not accept a bribe against the innocent. Whoever does these things will never be shaken. Here's what I want you to identify in that particular passage of Scripture that King David is talking about. Notice what he says. Because David valued truth, notice carefully, his words reflected the truth from his heart. Because he valued kindness, he does his neighbor no harm. Because he valued honesty, he keeps a promise even when it hurts. Because he valued justice, he accepted no bribe against the innocent. And then notice the fruitfulness of that. Notice the outcome and the benefit. The person who is guided and driven by those values and principles, notice carefully, whoever does these things will never be shaken. So if we want to stand firm and unshakable, and we want to have the spiritual and the moral confidence that no matter how the wheels may be coming off spiritually or morally around us in the world in which we live, as a person, as a couple, and as a family, we can stand unshakable. We can stand on the firm foundation of God's unchanging truth. And when we do that, God promises that, hey, we're the ones that will be blessed. We're the ones whom his favor will rest upon. And so what I want more than anything, what my prayer is, is for your life and for your marriage and for your family, I want you to, th I want you to thrive. I really want you to experience everything that God has for your life. And once again, every family ends up somewhere. A few families end up somewhere on purpose. So here are three things that I think every person, every couple, and every family must do. If you take a note, and by the way, it's in our app if you want to open that up and follow along. But here's the first thing that we need to do. Number one is we need to decide the source of our beliefs. I think that's important. It's not something we just assume. No, we've got to make a decision. We've got to decide the source of our beliefs. In other words, we've got to personally decide who and what we're going to believe. 
who and what we're going to allow to serve as the source of truth in our lives. In Proverbs 4, verse 23, it says these words, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. So you want to think about your future. You want to think about the health and the overall, um, I think, just the, 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 the joy of your marriage relationship. You, you want to talk about the overall joy of having the kind of family relationships that you long to have and experience in your life? Okay, the only way that we can have guaranteed outcome in terms of the richness and the joy and the fulfillment that everything that God has in store for our lives is that first and foremost, we've got to guard our hearts. We've got to guard and protect our hearts from the outside, from the false beliefs, from the lies of the evil one. We've got to do everything we can to make sure that our hearts are clean, our hearts are pure, and our hearts reflect the truth of who God is. Why? Because it determines the course of our life. Again, we talked about this last week. Hey, direction, not intention, determines your destination. You can have the best intentions in the world. But the direction of your life, the where you're actually headed, is ultimately going to result in the destination by which you arrive. And so it's important that we realize at the end of the day, our minds, listen, our minds will justify what our hearts believe. So if, we've, if we have embraced the lies of our culture, the lies of the evil one, the lies of this world then our mind will justify and rationalize and support the decisions that we make. Amen. Now, it's hard for a lot of people to accept, but it's the truth. Because we will justify what our heart believes. And that's the reason why God says, above all else, guard your hearts. I love what Joshua, when he kind of really came down to a showdown between the, the prophets of Baal and so, you know, he kind of challenged them. He said, why are you standing here trying to figure out life? Why are you trying to, why, why are you hung up on, on who, who and what you're going to believe? And then he drew a line in the sand, and right there on the spot, he called them out, and he said, I'm going to tell you right now, for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen. And I believe at some point, at some time, hey, in our hearts, in our marriage relationships, and in our family relationships, we got to draw the line in the sand, and we got to decide, listen, God is the source of our beliefs. His word is the source of our beliefs. I love what 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says, All scripture, not some of it, all of it, all scripture is inspired by God, and it's useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong. It teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and to equip his people to do every good work. You know what I had to learn uh, pretty early in my life? In fact, I was a teenager and finally connected this all-important dot in my life. I was 18 years of age, to be specific, but I was raised in a Christian home. My dad was a preacher. And even though I knew, uh, because I'd been taught what to believe, and because I was raised in a Christian family that reinforced all these things, when I got into my teenage years and when I ultimately gave my life to Jesus Christ when I was 18 years of age, I finally realized the difference between 
living my life on my parents' faith and living my life based on the faith that I now personally owned. And at some point, when you are put in the crucible and you're being tested and you're being challenged and you're standing on the fork of the road and you're trying to make some deal-critical, game-changing decisions about the direction you're going to go, who you're going to follow, and what you're going to believe, you better make sure you have a solid, unshakable foundation that's going to help you make the right decision that's going to take you in the right direction. It's so vitally important that we have God's Word in our hearts so that we can stand on that and His Word can lead us in the right direction. So we got to decide the source of our beliefs. Number two, we got to determine the values that matter most. So we got to determine the values that matter most. You know, one of my favorite stories is the story of Moses. And, you know, Moses had just led the people of Israel out of, you know, 40 plus years of bondage and, you know, in, 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 in uh, 400 years, I should say, 40, 400 years of bondage and slavery where they had just been beaten down and abused by, by the Egyptians. And now all of a sudden they're, they're rescued, they're freed, and, and now they've, they've, they've escaped, you know, this place called Egypt, this place of bondage. Because God had rescued them, and Moses was the one that God used to help lead his people out of bondage. But here they are, now getting ready to, to move forward into what God ultimately had purposed for them. And one of the things that God did is he called Moses up to a mountain called Mount Sinai. And some of you remember the story. And what did God do through, you know, through this, this, this cloud that hovered over the, the Mount Sinai? The presence of God and the voice of God was heard among all the people. And what did God do? God asked Moses, hey, write these things down. What did he do? He gave him 10 specific principles, beliefs, values that were to serve as guardrails and guidelines, as principles and boundaries for his people to live by. Why was that so important? Because our beliefs ultimately determine our behavior. And what God wanted Moses to do is to give his people something that they could hold on to. Something that ultimately could be used to help navigate the spiritual and the moral direction of their lives. In Matthew 23, 23 verse 23, in the New Testament, Jesus emphasized three specific values when he called the religious leaders out. He said, hey, you guys get caught up in so many other things, but what you have failed to do is you have ignored or neglected the more important things. And what did he say? He said things such as justice and mercy and faith are values that you should be focusing on rather than getting hung up on so many other things that are not quite as important. And so what we got to understand is that every one of us, at some point, at some time in our lives, we've got to ultimately determine what is important to me. When Michelle and I got married, we had a, uh, we had a sense of purpose and, and, and direction and a sense of calling in our lives that we shared. And those were a couple of things that obviously God used to attract us and unite us. And when we got married and ultimately began to, uh, you know, start a family and think about our future, we felt it was really important for us to even go further and just really envision what do we want to be and who do we want to be as a family. And when God gives us children, what, what kind of home do we want to have? What kind of atmosphere and environment do we want to provide for our children? And so what it did is it really forced us to sit down and talk through, really just ver one night, we, we, just, we just spent a lot of time just thinking about 
things that were important to her, things that were important to me. A lot of that was based on my childhood, what I was exposed to, what I was raised around. Same with her. And so we brought both of these perspectives, and we both had a lot of awesome things that we wanted to, you know, to, to share from the standpoint of things that were important, but we realized we couldn't do all of it, so we kind of had to narrow it down. And we actually identified or really just determined that, that there were seven core convictions, beliefs, what specifically we call values that we really wanted to kind of use as a framework to create an atmosphere in our home that we would reinforce to our children. And just like any business, company, corporation would do, a lot of times they may identify, hey, these are our core values. These are basically a set of guidelines or principles um, that if attitudes, if you will, that will help kind of govern our behavior, that will help dictate the atmosphere, maybe the, the culture of our organization or our company or our business. Same is true in a family relationship. And so what we got to understand is that our values is what drives our culture. Our values is what drives the atmosphere, the environment of your marriage, the environment of your family relationships. And so Michelle and I, we identified seven. I want to share them with you. And those seven things that we put down on a, really just on a piece of paper one night have been the things that we have really just hung tightly to. Guys, put those seven core values up on the, on the screen. So here are seven core values that we identify. Now, again, these were important to us. I encourage every one of you to sit down and think through your own set of core values that are important to you. But for us, honor, loyalty, excellence. You know, I, love, I heard someone define excellence as this way. Excellence is integrity, character, and action. I think that's powerful. Honor, loyalty, excellence, faith, purity, integrity, generosity. Those are just things that we wanted to not only communicate, but we wanted to help reinforce to our children because we felt like at least that was something that they could grab a hold to. Grab a hold to. Just like we talked about last week in, 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 in uh, the book of, of, of Habakkuk where he talked about write the vision, make it clear so that those who hear it and see it can, can take it and can run with it. And so what I encourage you to do as a couple, listen, as an individual or even as a family unit, sit down and identify and determine your core values. And can I just go ahead and tell you up front, I hate to say it, I hate to run on your parade, but you're going to have to fight for it. You will. You're going to have to fight for it. And let me tell you the reason why. Because somebody, and it may be you, is going to try to buck the system. Somebody's going to get maybe a little distracted and go rogue and say, oh, I'm going to do it my way. And that, and what you got to do is you got to pull it back in. And you got to say, no, 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 no. No, this is what we're hanging on to right here. We're going to hold to these beliefs. This is who we are. This is what we're about. We're defining our why. This is why we exist. This is our vision. This is our mission. And yeah, there are going to be times when you got somebody who's going rogue and they're going to try to buck the system and they're going to go their own way. But at some point in time, everybody else can say, okay, unfortunately, you may have to suffer the pain and the consequences of that, but you just got to understand for the rest of us or for me, for me and my house, where I stand, hey, I'm going to serve the Lord. And you know, at some point, I've seen it time and time and time again. The one who went rogue, just like the prodigal son, over a, over a period of time, will usually come back home. And usually they're coming back with brokenness and humility. 
because they had to learn the hard way. And often they're living with regret, saying, you know, I wish I would have listened. I wish I would have held on to those core values that everybody kept talking about. And my parents kept emphasizing it was so important. And some of you here today, maybe you're the one who went rogue. Maybe you're the one who was that prodigal. But aren't you thankful that we serve a God who's the God of second chances? Aren't you thankful that, that God is on the front porch? He's waiting. And man, as soon as he sees us from a distance on our way back home, he's the one who initiates and takes off running with the open arms to embrace us and to accept us and to love us right where we are. And so I love that. I love the fact that we serve a God whose mercies are fresh and new each and every day. And so God's a God of new beginnings, second chances, third chances, however many chances God wants to give us so that we can be in right standing with him. Number three, create a value-driven culture. Create a value-driven culture. Here's what I mean by that. At some point in time, a couple, a family, they got to serve as a thermometer sets the overall temperature of the environment. And it's so important that we realize that we have to stand for a value-driven culture. And here's what I mean by that. If we pretty much create an atmosphere that is contradicting, that is obviously opposite of what we say is important and what we say we're about, then it sends, obviously, mixed messages. It creates confusion, and it creates an atmosphere over time that becomes toxic and unhealthy. And ultimately, and it's been said, even in the corporate world, that, listen, culture trumps vision any day. You're going to have the greatest vision and mission for your life and for your marriage and for your family but at some point in time, if the relationships and the atmosphere and the overall culture of your home and in your relationships is toxic and unhealthy, you'll never arrive at the destination that your intentions want to go. So it's so important that we understand the importance of, of a family-driven, value-driven culture. We went a few weeks back on spring break. Our daughter Ashlyn happened to come home, and, and so uh, I had spent one half of the week with my son Luke, and I dedicated a few days just to have some individual time with her when she came home. And, and uh, Luke wanted to, you know, to go do something different, and he doesn't like the beach. And so uh, Ashlyn, she loves the beach, and so she wanted to just, you know, she's been up, you know, snowy weather up in Lynchburg, Virginia. It's been a harsh, cold winter, and so she wanted to just come home and kind of thaw out. She just wanted to go to the beach, and so we went to the beach one day, and so Michelle and I and Ashlyn, three of us, we went, and uh, we, it was gorgeous, having a great time, and, uh, but we were just completely enamored by, a, I mean, it was like a reality TV show unfolding before our very eyes with a family next to us there at the beach. Because of the spring break, you know, there's a lot of people, and and so this particular family was a young family. They had two children, and one of them, I was, they had like a little playpen, and one of them was really kind of like napping in the playpen, and the other one was probably about a, you know, he's probably about a three, four-year-old little boy, and he was just, you know, busybody. He was just all over the place. They had this umbrella, and the dad was completely checked out. 
I mean, there was no focused attention whatsoever on this little boy. But the little boy, for whatever reason, was upset about something, and he was crying and crying and crying and crying to where everybody around was kind of like, man, help the little kid out, you know? And so the dad kept saying to the little boy over and over, oh, quit your whining, quit your crying, big boys don't cry, big boys don't cry. And this little kid, bless his heart, I mean, he was just crying, I had no idea what was going on with the little boy. And then the father was giving threats, if you don't stop crying, I'm going to go get the bottle. And I thought, well, that probably makes sense, maybe he's hungry, go get the bottle. He was talking about a spray bottle of vinegar and water. He said, I'm going to spray your tongue if you don't stop your whining. And so another lady, another lady, she was just observing the whole thing. She kind of had all she could take. She finally got up, and she walked over, and she was just trying to offer her assistance, like, hey, can I do anything to help you? And the man almost looked frustrated and disgusted with her. It's like, hey, stay out of my business, woman. And we're sitting there watching this whole thing go down. And some of you probably are wondering, where is the mother? You're not going to believe this. I don't know who she was or what she was doing. She was probably like a fashion blogger. But she was over there taking selfies the entire time on her phone. Michelle and I are watching this thinking, oh, my. Fast forward 10 years from now. Where is that family going to be? Chances are it's going to be a toxic, unhealthy, unwholesome environment. So all I'm saying is this. Hey, at some point, kids, listen, the most important, the most important influence on a child's life is not their peers. It's their parents. Listen, I've said this many, many times. I'll say it again. It's a lot easier to raise boys and girls than it is to repair men and women. So what we got to do is we got to start now by making the shift. And it's never too late to make the shift. It's never too late to make the shift. And so I'm thankful. I'm thankful that God gave us principles and he gave us guidelines that we can live our lives by. And I love what it says in Deuteronomy 6, verses 5 through 9. And you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. So what, is, what, what was Moses saying? He said, once again, once again, hey, this is what God desires for us. And first and foremost, we, we got we to love God with everything we are. It starts with the heart. It starts with us and God. And then notice how he builds on that. He goes on to say, Repeat them again and again to your children. And talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road and when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands. Wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on your doorpost and on your gates. What is he saying? Create a value-driven culture. Say it. Spray it, wheel it, deal it till everybody can feel it. Live it out. Why? Because it's so, so important. And so today, I want to challenge you. Hey, let's make the shift. Let's just stop trying to survive and let's make a commitment to thrive in every area of our lives with God's help. 
I want to say this in conclusion. Some of you know, my mom on Tuesday night at 5, uh, 15 uh, she, p.m., she, she went home to be with the Lord. And so um, I flew out to Houston, and uh, she died while I was in the air. And uh, so as soon as my, the plane landed and uh, we were taxiing to the gate, and I turned my phone back on, my phone started just, just blowing up from my brother saying, call us, call us, call us, and I already knew. Before I even called, I already knew that she had passed into her ultimate home. And that was her home with the Lord. And um, so I went to go say my final goodbye with her. Just had a time there at the funeral home. The uh, funeral home directors and the people that were already there to take her body just left her in her room until I could get there. And so I, I was there. And I just simply kissed her on the forehead. I couldn't help but say to myself, God, thank you for giving me a a gift through my mother who gave me and my three brothers the greatest gift that anyone could have ever given us. She gave us her heart. She gave us her life. She gave us her beliefs. She gave us her convictions. She gave us her values. More importantly, she lived them out. She lived them out. And you know what? There was a time when all four of us went rogue. We all came back by the grace of God. And today, I know my mom and my dad, once again, are reunited with the angels in heaven. And I just believe with all of my heart, they're looking down. And they're probably thinking about 3 John 1, 4, where it says, I have no greater joy. No greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Today, my mom and dad have four sons that are all preachers of the gospel. And I just want to encourage you today. Whatever you do, whatever you do, don't. Don't live your life with good intentions or assumptions. Hold to those core values. Cling to the word of God. Listen, every family ends up somewhere. Few families end up somewhere on purpose. Let's be people of purpose, amen? Amen. And let's move in the direction that God has planned and purposed for our lives. Let's bow our heads together.